A reading from Romans. The book of Romans. From verse, verse 18. Just ask the Lord. Lord, just uh, as we open your word, we just ask that you will give us wisdom and insight into this book of such great and abounding wisdom, a book that you have written. Father, just open our eyes. For I will, as we read from verse 18, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. By the word, by word and deed, and by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not to where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. Thus, this is the reading from God's holy word. Uh, thanks, Jack. Um, <clears throat> perhaps I could just say a few words about context. Romans is a comprehensive book. I guess, you know, Romans is teaching us really clearly um, all the important truths and doctrines of the Bible. But you could also say the book of Romans is like a big missionary tract. And, and here, right at the end, Paul gives us the punchline, as it were, why he wrote the book. And he wrote it to the Romans. Why to the Romans? And why did he ask these things? So, just a little bit of context. It's right at the end of the book of Romans. The next chapter in Romans is kind of a, a little bit of an addition. It just mentions a lot of names and a lot of circumstances. So that's in Romans 16. It seemed as though Paul had written the book and then he thought, oh, I must thank all these other people, and he, he does uh, that for a whole chapter. Let's just have a, a think about some special verses in this um, uh, message today. And there's three 
points that I've kind of highlighted. They come from verse 20. He makes it his ambition to preach the gospel. So he's explained the gospel. That's the first thing that I want to draw to your attention. All of Romans is an exposition of the gospel. And he, secondly, he, he wants to do that where Christ has... He doesn't want to do that where Christ has already been named. Or in other words, he wants to do that where Christ is not named. And lastly, verse 24, he wants to be helped um, on my journey there by you. So he wants the Roman church to hear this gospel um, clearly proclaimed, appreciated and loved and spontaneously responded to. And there are those who don't know the gospel yet. And why don't you guys help me? So let's think of that first thing, the ambition. And uh, there's a map of the world. And Paul has said he's made it his ambition. So if you think of where the gospel started... um, Antioch, round about there. The gospel, um, I don't know if you've ever recently seen that on the news, Antiochus, still there. It's all smashed up with the earthquake now, I guess, Antioch. And Paul was sent there first and to Asia Minor. Um, But he mentions that the gospel has gone out, sent, sent, sent. And probably travelled a thousand kilometres, it's estimated, on foot in his missionary journeys. Um, maybe he had uh, pack animals, I don't know, but probably a band of guys went together. And so much has happened. He comes to the end of Romans, he's a man with a passion, and. He writes, he wants to get out of prison, of course. We don't know if he ever did. We don't know actually if he ever got to Spain. But that was his goal, his ambition, to preach the gospel. Paul was focused. Let me tell you a story of a um, famous missionary. Which button do I press? The left or right? The right one? Can you do it for me? (laughs) Yeah. So, I think everyone's heard of David Livingston. Well, he's a a famous missionary who lived um, 170 years ago. So, he got his ambition when he was 25 years old. He was a missionary to Africa and he pioneered um, a missionary road, he called it. But he met an old missionary who spoke at his church and this missionary said a phrase that was burned in Livingston's heart from then on. He said, I see the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary 
had ever been before. But this man had a vision, or a, he just thought about that picture. All those little villages. He was up high in the mountain. He could see a thousand villages and all the smoke rising. And no one had ever told them about Jesus. And the conclusion of Livingston's work was to open, in, especially in southern parts of Africa, that, that road through which now we don't hear maybe a lot about Africa, but probably sub-Saharan Africa, one third of every country there is Christian. It's, it's huge. It's just massive. There are so many, many people who have turned to Christ. And even though there's still lots and lots of problems in Africa, um, so much has changed since Livingston uh, went there. Paul's ambition, David Livingston's ambition. And the next slide. Where Christ was not known, or as the ESV says, he's not been named. Um, not just preaching the gospel. Paul did preach the gospel. He proclaimed the gospel. He wrote the gospel down. And the Roman church um, was told. But where's Christ not named? And I'm just thinking about that ambition of Paul and the vision that inspired Livingston. And I'm thinking of my life I'm asking you to think of your life. Maybe that, that vision isn't the same. Well, perhaps we can consider that. And here's Paul writing at the end of his letter. His clear reason for challenging these Roman church. They didn't go with him. They didn't uh, have the same... Um, experience of the vision, but he shared that vision with them. So, Christ has not been named. Well, that reminds me of the monument I saw again in Hunter Street. And 235 years ago that was done, even before Livingston. And that sermon was preached. And Christ is named in Australia. 235 years ago. And maybe that, that is being diluted more and more and, and that the message of Jesus is being forgotten and rejected and scorned by all sorts of things that have happened. So there's the ambition that Paul has. And we see today that ambition is very focused. For Paul it was very focused. It was to go where the name of Jesus has never been mentioned. And why is that important to him? Because Paul was a rebel because Paul 
Never realized it, but he was a God-hater. And he was a Christ-hater. And God visited him in mercy. And God struck him on that road to Damascus. And God revealed to him the risen Lord Jesus. And Paul came to see that all his righteousness is filthy rags. It's useless. It won't get him anywhere. All his righteousness was dung. He came to see that only the righteousness of Jesus was for him. So if we look at the next slide. Mark coming. Yep. So there's, that's roughly Illyricum that he mentions. And the church is in Rome. And the whole area of what's known as Greece and Macedonia today. But all the, the western part of Europe, he's only heard about it. Christ has not been named. Does that still happen today? Now that's 2,000 years ago. We look at another slide. No, sorry, not that one. Can we just go back? Yeah, this one. How many people groups have not heard the gospel? Of course, in every country, there is somebody who's heard about Jesus. But this is people groups who by and large, don't know a single person who could remotely tell them there is a man called Jesus. They've never heard the name of Jesus and no one's able to tell them. No one, no relative, no friend, no acquaintance. No one. And this is uh, the region of the world where that's the darkest. And so... Is this plea of Paul relevant for us today? It's relevant indeed. I think it's relevant until the Lord returns. And we need to do missions right here in the mountains. We need to do that and share the good news of the love of God with our neighbours and friends. And that never ceases. And that's your task and mine. God has placed you right here. And Paul told the Roman Christians, but there's also another task. And he quotes a verse from Isaiah. What they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. And there's the promise already in the Old Covenant. Paul says that's applying to Spain. Spain's yet to be reached with the gospel. And I'm going to go there, God willing. So that brings me to my third point. We've seen what it is that Paul is doing. He's got the gospel ambition. He has that ambition to reach out. Where does that ambition lead him? It leads him to where Christ has not been named. 
And thirdly, now, he pleads with the Roman Christians. Help me on my journey. I plead with you. I want to be helped on my way. That's why I'm writing to you. So I guess there was an appeal, a missionary appeal. And the next, this is the, um, no, back to. This is his appeal. I no longer have any work to do in these regions. That's not true, is it? There's still lots of work to do in these regions. Of course there was in that sense. But the Roman Christians were to do the work in Rome. And whenever I travelled to Spain, he asked to be assisted by you for my journey there. I'm expecting, says Paul, a bit of hospitality from you guys in Rome. I'm expecting also some generosity. And this is a bit audacious, isn't it? He writes to them, do they have his ambition? Do they have the same desire? Yes. Once they were not reached and the Roman church was probably made up largely of slaves, of those who worshipped in the catacombs, of those who, who were the refuse of society. And they were lost and they were found. And they could have been brought as slaves from Africa or could have come as slaves from other parts of the world. And then Paul says to them, I'm starting a new work in Spain and you can help me getting there. I've been saved. You've been rescued. The light of the gospel has come to you. So this um, next slide just reminds us again that there's still many unreached people groups. So many in the north of Africa too, and certainly in um, South Asia, and certainly in Southeast Asia and in China. The next slide. Is there another? That's it. Okay. So the the work of the mission program that I'm promoting, continue to promote, focuses on India. We focus on one cluster, one group, one tribe. And to think about India is to think about a nation of nations. It's to think about a thousand villages, as Livingston thought about that and was challenged by that. Gospel has been working in um, this tribal group for about 20 years. And God has richly blessed that. And maybe the church is now 10,000 um, there. 
wonderful response to the gospel. And yet there are 15 million people in this tribe. And one village means after that is reached another village. There's a thousand villages that Livingston saw. There's hundreds of thousands of villages amongst the Bill tribal people. God is blessing that work and will continue to bless it for years to come. And we pray that he would pour out his spirit and the gospel would be proclaimed because these people are the most marginalised because they're the indigenous people that are rejected and scorned by um, other Indians. Paul says to the Romans that they have a responsibility to get the Spaniards to know Jesus. And we know that the church did grow in Spain and the church did wane in Spain and the Muslims came. But we know that uh, many Spanish missionaries went to South America and the gospel was proclaimed by them. Spain now has 2,000 years of church history. Australia, 235 years. And the Bill tribe, zero, as far as all of them hearing the gospel. They've never heard, never, ever. He doesn't get named. Only the witch doctor uh, names all sorts of evil spirits. Only Hindu gods are known. They have not heard the name of Jesus. And there are 2,000 million people in the world today who are in that category. And I ask myself, about this appeal in Romans. And I ask myself um, this question. What's my ambition? How's it being expressed? I challenge you today with the same ambition. Enable us to see that the eternal death that we face without Christ is the most dreadful thing of all but eternal love with the mercy of God doesn't respect who we are or our colour or our capital. It depends on Christ alone. May I lead you in prayer. Father, we thank you for Jesus who came and lived among us. We thank you for his perfect life his sinless perfection. We thank you for his great love that drove him to the cross. And we thank you, Lord, that in your time and according to your purpose, you sent your Holy Spirit into our hearts to receive Jesus, to love him, to know him, and to bow our knees before him as we do today. Accept our praise and worship, we ask, And uh, help us to see that there's still time, there's still an open door.
there's still an opportunity to proclaim amongst those who have never heard. Uh, just like long ago. Help us to prayerfully consider our response to love and the mercy of God. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.